Welcome, and this is the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. This is Pastor Josh. I want to thank you for joining me. I am so glad that you are listening in today. At Valley View Friends Church, we are learning to live as God's people concerned with reaching and restoring hearts and homes with Jesus. If you want to learn more about our church, look us up on our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. Please subscribe to always get the next podcast. Well, now let's turn our attention to this week's message. The four-minute mile. It's something that's been broken for a little while now. People have run faster than that. But there was a huge amount of our history where nobody could break the four-minute mile. They've been trying to do it since the times of the days of the ancient Greeks. And someone found records in the ancient Greek culture of how they tried to accomplish this four-minute mile. Yes, they actually had wild animals chase the runners, hoping that would make them go faster. They tried drinking tiger's milk. But it didn't make them any faster. Nothing worked. And so the human race decided it was physically impossible for a person to run a mile in four minutes. Our bone structure was all wrong. The wind resistance was just too great. Our lung power just was not going to be big enough to be able to to get us through that mile so quickly. There were a million reasons we came up with. And then one day, there was a person who proved all the doctors and trainers and the athlete themselves were wrong. And miracle of miracles, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. But then here's something interesting. The year after he broke the four-minute mile, 300 other runners broke the four-minute mile. Impossible is just a word we use for something that hasn't been done yet. And that type of attitude is needed in a lot of life. I also know that we all face situations and relationships and circumstances where we do not know what to do. The solution is beyond our grasp, and those moments feel impossible. Now, within the Bible, there are several verses that talk about the impossible being made possible, and faith plays a major part in that impossible becoming possible. One verse I remember grabbing onto as a new Christian in my teenage years is found in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. I loved it because the Bible told me that even a small amount of faith, you can do with that small amount of faith, you can do great things. So I want to read that verse for you this morning from Matthew 17, verse 20. It's Jesus speaking. He says, Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. His disciples are just asking, why couldn't we do this? He says, because you had little faith. And then he continues saying, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mm, Those words, nothing will be impossible for you. I remember reading those as a new Christian and feeling encouraged. Faith can move mountains. Whatever problem I faced could be fixed. I thought I had it all figured out. I, I was on fire for the Lord. Surely my faith was bigger than a mustard seed. I imagine the disciples would have measured their faith to be bigger than a mustard seed, too. And I can imagine many of you listening think of your faith as bigger than just a little old mustard seed. Problem is, I ran into all kinds of situations that were bigger than me and felt impossible. I remember as a young pastor, brand new in a ministry, being called to the home of one of the families at the church, and uh, there was a terminally ill member of the flock there. He was dying had a few days before he would pass, and his wife was begging me to pray for healing for her husband. 
She looked at me and said, God wouldn't possibly want to separate us. And that was first of many times when I found that sometimes healing follows the prayer, sometimes it doesn't. And it's those doesn't moments that make Matthew 17 verse 20 and verses like it difficult to understand. Why didn't God heal the person I prayed for? What was wrong with my faith that prevented a miracle? Have you ever had a moment like that? You wanted something, you needed something to happen, it felt impossible, but you knew God could make it happen, and it didn't? Well, let me say this. As I look now at Matthew 17, 20, and I'm still encouraged by it, but it teaches me there's only one way to face the impossible, and that is with mustard seed faith. You are called to live by mustard seed faith, a faith that is confident and located exclusively in the God of the Bible, in His promises, and in His power. So, let's take a look at this little verse and a little bit of the story around it. And I want to give us some uh, extra information to help unpack what Jesus means when He says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can order the mountains around. Well, first, we need to look at the disciples. They were experiencing the power of God in significant ways. They were really encountering the living God, but they didn't understand what all that power, what all that excitement meant. A quick look around Matthew 17 shows us that the top disciples, they had just seen Jesus transfigured on the mountaintop. They had seen the impossible with their own eyes, Jesus divinely aglow, talking with Moses and Elijah, both of whom had been gone for centuries. In Matthew chapter 10, several chapters earlier, Jesus sent out the 12 disciples into Israel to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy, and to drive out demons. To add to that commission, we need to remember they were successful. They were able to heal the sick. They were able to raise the dead. They were able to drive out demons. The disciples were familiar with the impossible being made possible. They possess the authority to cast out demons, and that's what's happening. That's the problem they're facing in Matthew chapter 17, because they're facing an impossible situation, and they don't know what's going wrong. There's a father who has a son who is sick. That's the part of the story we need to know about. This father approaches Jesus to heal his son says a son has seizures, and when he has those seizures, it's, he gets dropped near a fire or into a fire or into the water. It's, it's as though he's trying to be killed. And so, Jesus has compassion, and he heals the boy by casting out a demon. And so, Jesus heals the boy very quickly, very easily. And the disciples are standing around, and the other bit of information is, is that the father said, I went to your disciples, and they couldn't do this. Understandably, the disciples are confused. They've been given the authority, but they couldn't do it in this moment. What's going on? Actually, facing the impossible is all over the story. Um, first, we have a father who desperately wants healing for his son. His He's facing a heart-wrenching problem beyond his ability to fix. It's an impossible moment for him. But he doesn't know the Messiah yet. He doesn't know uh, what Jesus can really do. Uh, So, he's going to try to find help. And then you have the disciples who have been given the authority to heal this this boy, but they can't. And so, they feel the impossible. 
And I'd say lastly, we all feel the impossibility in this story every time mountains don't move when we need them to. It's a perplexing story, but I hope you will be encouraged by it. Now, the disciples, they're, they're, they see Jesus heal this young boy. And like I said earlier, understandably, they're confused and they're kind of going, well, why couldn't we do it? They pulled Jesus aside and said, can you explain why we couldn't do this? And, and so, they're asking for help. And in the moment that they ask for help, Jesus rebukes them and said, you have little faith. It's because you have little faith. And what I find fascinating is Jesus does something really strange. He says, you have little faith. It's because of your small faith, your little faith. And then he says, so you need to have faith that is small, like a mustard seed. He says, you have little faith. And guess what? If you just had little faith, small faith, it would do. And so, it's a kind of a confusing sentence. Because of your little faith, but if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you'd have fixed this. The mustard seed is a proverbial saying. It's meaning the smallest thing. It's truly what was meant by that phrase, mustard seed, smallest thing. The mustard seed was indeed one of the smallest seeds known in Palestine. It was a tiny seed, only about a millimeter or two millimeters in diameter, very small. And despite its small size, the mustard seed could grow into a very large plant, about 20 feet tall, about 20 feet around, very large, and it can grow in the toughest of conditions. But the mustard seed represents the smallest possible thing. So, Jesus tells them that even though, even if they had the smallest faith possible, they could have moved mountains, they could have healed this boy. We need to realize that Jesus is talking less about the size of their faith as much as he's talking about the quality of their faith and the quality of your faith and my faith. In the Gospel of Luke, we find a very similar passage about faith. This time, Jesus has been teaching his disciples about how much to forgive someone who wrongs them. And Jesus tells them that if they forgive someone's sins, uh, if someone sins against them seven times in one day and comes back each time repenting, that they're to forgive him. I think we'd all but be a bit tested by a person who wrongs us all day long and asks for forgiveness each time. I think we, we'd all go, oh, this is hard to do. And the disciples know it's hard to do. So, they say, Jesus, we need help. Increase our faith, is their phrase. Jesus' response, well, we can read it in Luke chapter 17, verse 6. It says, Jesus replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So, before, the disciples were asking, going, well, why couldn't we uh, heal this boy? And Jesus said, because he needed faith as small as a mustard seed. And this time, the disciples are saying, you know what, Jesus, if we're going to forgive the way you want us to, we need more faith. And his response is, actually, you don't. You just needed faith as small as a mustard seed to be able to forgive the way you should. It's about quality, not quantity. In case you're wondering about that mulberry tree uh, mentioned, uh, we're not entirely sure uh, what tree it was. Uh, It's sycamine in the Greek, uh, but it's thought to be the black mulberry tree in Israel. And the rabbis would teach about this tree um, that its roots would grow in the ground for 600 years. That's an elaborate root system. And so, uprooting one and moving it is nothing less than an impossible task. 
Just as moving in a mountain seems impossible, moving this tree would seem impossible. The smallest faith possible can do the most impossible thing, is what Jesus is saying. So what do we do when the impossible seems immovable? When the impossible weighs on us so heavily that we can't even breathe and we seem overwhelmed by it and we don't think, I I can't see how this can get any better. Well, we're called to have mustard seed faith. And I want to describe some of the dimensions of mustard seed faith. And first it begins like this. Faith's power comes from God. One of the mistakes that we make when it comes to faith is to think that the power is found in the faith itself. If I could just summon up enough faith, then I could do this. Now, that puts a lot on you and me. And we're only as, and when that's the situation, we're only as good as the amount of faith that we can yield. So we ask questions like, boy, did I show enough faith? Why, maybe I, my faith wasn't good enough. Why, why didn't things get fixed? When a mountain in my life fails to move, it's usually because I was trying to move it with my own shovel. The, the thing is, is I'm trying to do it under my power instead of God's power. But Michael Wilkins, he writes and he reminds us, our faith is only as strong as the object in which it's placed. We place, ourself, we place faith most often in ourselves. We place it uh, in our abilities. Well, I'm sure you place faith in your car. If you got out uh, to get in your car one day to get to work, you were trusting, you're having faith that it was going to work the way it was supposed to. You put faith in your jobs. You put your faith in safety precautions. Every time you ride in an airplane, you're using some faith. Yes, there's science, there's physics at work, there's well-trained pilots, there's the quality of the aircraft, but at some point we have to have faith that all of that is going to work the way it's supposed to. You know what? It's easy to see the limits of faith in objects like a car. When it breaks down, our faith is broken. When our job runs out, our faith is broken. When something is bigger than our abilities, our faith is broken if we put our faith in those objects. But with God, there are no limits. Leon Morris writes this, It is not necessary to have great faith. Even a small faith is enough as long as it is faith in a great God. Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says this, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Faith is God's gift, not our doing. And because it's God's doing, the size of the faith does not matter. Within faith is the full power of God at work. So the size doesn't need to be big, doesn't need to be little. It's just, it's the power of God in that faith. Johannes Brenz says this, Faith does not spring from our flesh. Rather, the beginning of faith is the gift of God in us. And so also is the increase of faith. You know, I know I have a flaw of trying to do for God from my abilities and talents. Truth be told, I struggle a lot as a pastor. I face the constant temptation to try to be a good pastor out of my own talents, out of my own intelligence, and out of my own experience. And you know what? I'm not actually all that good. I don't have that much talent. I don't actually have that much intelligence. And I'm working on the experience, but it's never really enough. Even if I had all the talents and experience and intelligence of the greatest pastors in history, It would never add up enough to overcome the impossible. 
because I have to depend upon God to be able to be a pastor, to serve well, to live life well in faith. And a hard lesson I've had to learn over and over is that when I am discouraged, that is a surefire sign that I am trying to overcome the impossible on my own talents instead of on God's power. If you are discouraged at this moment, if you're discouraged at overcoming the impossible, it might just be that you're trying to boss around the mountains on your own strength instead of following God's power. So, faith, faith's power comes from God, not ourselves. Now, faith does also require confidence. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to mention it again, draw you back to Hebrews 11 verse 1, one more time. And it reads like this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence is our part of the faith. Faith is confidence that we can do what God has called us to do. That's important for us to remember. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 say this, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, that what we have asked, uh, we know that what we have, we have what we asked of him. I need to ask you the question, where's your confidence really located? Are you confident in your size, in your ability, in your resolve, or are you confident in God's calling for you, his hand upon your life? You know, and it's also easy for us to put our faith in that mountain that needs to get moved instead. We start to believe the word impossible. Ah, this is never going to get better. I don't see how it's ever going to improve. Instead, we're supposed to believe in the God who makes all things possible. So, I'd ask you the question, are you looking at the size of the mountain you're facing? Or are you looking at the size of your God? There's a saying that I think is good for us to hear from time to time. It's just a simple phrase. Whatever you water grows. And if you find yourself obsessing over the mountains in your life, perhaps you're watering them too much and you're allowing them to grow into menacing impossibilities. Perhaps today you need to stop watering the mountains. (laughs) I know you can't water a mountain and make it grow, but I think you get what I mean. Perhaps you need to water your faith in God. Perhaps you need to pray for renewed confidence in what God is doing and what he's asked of you to do for him. Matthew chapter 20, verses 21 and 22 read like this. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. Don't water the mountain. Follow the big God. Now, the other aspect of faith that we need to see is that faith uh, needs to be in line with God's will. Think of it this way. Faith is either effective or it's misdirected. It's either effective or misdirected. We don't accomplish anything on our own. I've already talked about that. It is God who is at work through us. And it is our job to yield ourselves to God, to his will. And that yielding is hard to do. 
There's one Bible commentator when I was reading this passage of Matthew chapter 17 um, who offered a guess as to why the disciples' faith couldn't heal the boy who was demon-possessed. It says that he suspected that the disciples were trying to uh, wield the authority Jesus gave them like it was some sort of weapon or tool. Um, He thought perhaps uh, that they just saw that authority, that faith they were to have as something to be handled and used with effect. Uh, I, I've got it in my hand, and now it's up to me to use it correctly. Uh, and, and with that, it's up to the disciples to choose when to use it and when not to use it. But faith is not an object. It cannot be measured. It can't be weighed. Its power is only located in God. We talked about that. And to effectively use faith, it must be aligned with God's will. So, it's not ours to choose how to use. It's ours to follow God's will. Daryl Bach says this, the most basic attitude in the spiritual life is to walk with trust in God. To walk with trust in God. We recognize that God is capable of Uh, We have to recognize what God is capable of doing, and we have to accept what he delivers. So, that's part of discerning as well, recognizing what God is capable of, which is anything, but then accepting what he delivers. Instead of my way, it's God's way. It's helpful to remember something about faith. Uh, I can't say his name from the period of the Reformation. It's uh, Melanch... Melanchthon is his name, M-E-L-A-N-C-H-T-H-O-N. Try to pronounce that. It's a mouthful. But he writes this, Faith only seeks to do what pertains to the glory of God. Mm. We need to remember that. Faith only seeks to do what pertains to the glory of God. So, if you want to know if you're trying to do something in the will of God, well, is it for his glory or is it for your desire? It needs to be for God's glory. Last thing I'll mention about faith, the qualities it needs to have to be healthy mustard seed faith. Is it faith? Uh, If it is mustard seed faith, it's complete. I love that Jesus says we need faith as small as mustard seed. First of all, it doesn't have to be big. You don't need big faith. I don't need big faith. We just need faith that is a seed. And here's the thing about a seed. A seed is complete. It has all the instructions, all the DNA, all the power packed down into it to become exactly the plant that it's supposed to be. Sure, it's going to need water. It's going to need sun. It needs soil to grow in. But if a seed is complete and mustard seed faith is also complete, it has all that is needed. No more faith is required. Why? Because God is in it. Why? Because it is confident in God and his purposes. Why? Because it seeks to glorify God, not our own desires. Mustard seed faith is all that is needed. No more saying, ah, I'm too small. I'm, un- I'm unimportant. I'm, I'm not very significant. There, there are others that are better than I am. No more letting the mountains of impossibility rule in your life. Mustard seed faith says that, says that Jesus is on the throne and in charge. And I'd put forth this idea about our church at Valley View. We're a mustard seed church. Yeah, it's easy to say we're small. It's easy to say there are a lot of things we cannot do. It's easy to let the mountains of impossibility define us. But God did not put our church here for insignificance. He put us here for his glory. We're a mustard seed church full of people with mustard seed faith. 
But you know what else is great about mustard seed faith? You don't stay as a mustard seed. Mustard seeds must be used up. They're either used as a spice to make food flavorful and wonderful, or they're planted to grow. If it just stays a seed, it's not doing anything. So once you have faith the size of a mustard seed, watch out. God is going to cause you to grow, and He wants to grow you, and He wants to grow our church and His church worldwide. My prayer is that passages like uh, these that talk about faith like a mustard seed, they'll no longer frustrate you, but they will call you to truly locate the power of your life and our church in God alone, and that that would excite you and encourage you. Let's pray. Dear God, you are the God of the impossible. We are so weak and frail, but you are all-powerful. Thank you that our hope does not rest in the strength of our own faith, but in your strength and in your power. However small it is, keep our faith focused on you alone. Convince and comfort us with your character and your promises. Help us align our will with yours. And keep us in your word so that our faith is rooted in a firm foundation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.